welcome to the SYP Oxford podcast. I'm Charlotte. Um, this week I have the founder of the Spare Room Project and the book pitch doctor, James Spackman, with me. Welcome, James. Hi. Lovely to have you here today. You've worked in various roles for various publishing companies. How did you come to publishing and how did you find out that it was the industry for you? That takes me a long way back. I- to start with, I think the, I think the crucial um, moment was when I was in my last year of university and I'd been doing English and I had absolutely no idea what to do. And I met, through a friend, um, Victoria Hobbs, who's now a very successful literary agent. And at that time, she was assistant to Toby Eady um, and Alexandra Pringle. As, so she was just starting out as, a, as, a, as an assistant literary agent and she described her job and I just thought it sounded like the coolest thing on earth. <laughs> so I, I asked her how I could get a job like hers and she actually suggested doing work experience with publishers to start with. So I had one horrible experience with Andre Deutsch and then uh, landed at Bloomsbury where I, I did work experience and apparently um, stapled a couple of documents very impressively. <laughs> therefore uh, offered the job of post room assistant, which is what they had in lieu of a kind of a graduate trainee system uh, a scheme. Um, and yeah, so I st- it all started in, in the post room at Bloomsbury. And I, I for, for a while, I couldn't, I couldn't decide whether publishing was, was for me or not. But I think actually, quite quickly, it really kind of became the only thing I wanted to do. There you go, proof that any experience can help you get your foot in the door, even if it is just in the post room. Absolutely, yeah. Although it's funny, I mean, and relevantly to the to the spare room project, I I look back and I think, you know, e- even though I I kind of started in that indirect way, I was also really lucky because when I when I did work experience at Bloomsbury, I, I couldn't have done it without being able to stay for free with my dad, who lived just up the road, um, and you know, get my get my meals cooked for me and stuff like that so you know even even though for me at the time it felt just like well this is this is how you pay your dues this is how you get into the industry actually it was a it was a very privileged thing to be able to do and I'm uh, lucky that I that I did. Yeah actually talking about um, the Spare Room project can you tell us uh, a bit more about that initiative and um, sort of how you set that yeah. up? Yeah absolutely and um, I think the inspiration came f- for it when I was at the the Book Society uh, dinner. Uh, God, it must have been four years ago. I don't know if you've ever been to it, but, you know, the, the Book Society is this rather, <laughs> rather um, shall we say, old school networking kind of dinner club for, for senior publishers. And I just remember looking around at the, uh, all, the, all the diners. Who, I think there was some sort of discussion going on about diversity in the publishing industry. And I just had this sort of, thought that all of them probably had spare room in their houses and wouldn't it be brilliant if they could let an intern or a work experience person stay with them, somebody that didn't live in London and who otherwise would, would really struggle to do that work. I sort of expected somebody else to set it up. You know, I, I had the idea, but I kind of wanted somebody else to do the work and nobody did. So eventually I set it up myself. I just started emailing friends saying, you know, do you have some room in your house? Would you like to help somebody from outside London make a start? People started to sign up. Um, 
the Publishers Association decided to support it, um, thankfully, and they, they put a, a thing on their website. And so I started to get more applicants through that. Um, and it just grew and grew. And I sort of professionalized it to a degree, um, you know, with a decent website, proper kind of, you know, email system and, and, and whatnot. Um, a really big, big step forward came about 18 months ago when Penguin Random House um, generously sponsored it, which meant that I could spend a lot more time on it um, and really making it a much more sort of robust system. And since then, you know, we've got huge numbers of of, um, of hosts signed up in the, uh, in the in the industry, and I think you know, well over a hundred um, uh, interns have been helped to to take up their internships and and you know by, by getting free accommodation and i know of at least 15 people who've got jobs in the industry who would not have been able to uh, even make a start on internships without getting free accommodation through the spare room project so that's a really tangible contribution to the diversity of the of the industry because i do think it's a it's a real problem you know we've got lots of diversity challenges in in publishing but i think the fact that it's absolutely stocked full of entitled middle class Londoners like me is a is a big issue and and we need to we need to address that totally totally agree and it's a fantastic initiative um I think and clearly it is making a really big difference to a lot of people so that's that's kind of positive news story we we want from from our industry so if If, although i I probably should say that it's for for understandable reasons it's on a little bit of a pause at the moment yes of course um, (laughs) i'm i'm really i'm really looking forward to post lockdown you know being able to kind of get get it back up and running again because there's lots of i mean excellently people are still signing up as hosts uh in anticipation of being able to you know, have a, have an intern stay with them. Um, I, I say intern; it, it's interns, but also people doing job interviews as well. So, it's, even if it's for one or two nights, just to help somebody from you know whatever Aberdeen come down to London and, and do a job interview that they otherwise would really struggle with. If we have any listeners who are looking to get started in London, how can they find out how to get involved with the Spare Room mm-hmm. Project? Um, the website is thesparingproject.co.uk. Um, if you miss off the vert, you go to a really boring commercial lettings agency. <laughs> um, it's at spareroomproj on Twitter, um, or you can follow me on Blackpool Tower on Twitter for reasons too boring to go into. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's a really simple way to do it. And if you go onto the site, there's a there's a really simple application form where I basically ask you to say what your dates are. Give some evidence that you're that you're interning. You know, just forward on an email from your from the HR department or whatever. Stick up your CV, um, and then you know I try and match you up with someone. And um, in addition to this, um, you've also set up the Book Pitch Doctor. Mm. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about what that is and how that came into being? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, again, it goes it goes quite a long way back. When um, so I've. I've done quite a few sales roles in publishing. I've generally done a mixture of sales and marketing. So, you know, I was, I mean, when I was at Bloomsbury, I, uh, my first job out of the, the post room was, um, was a sales assistant, uh, which was a bit of a leap of faith for them because when I was post room, uh, boy, they, I was so shy that, you know, I famously just, just blushed every time I walked into a room, you know, without even having to say it. And so, <clears throat> 
sales wasn't necessarily uh, an obvious thing, but I, I, I did make a start there and I eventually became the, the central London sales rep for Bloomsbury. And because of that, you know, learned how to, how to talk to people and, and how to sell the books. And then eventually I found myself um, being one of the like, high street sales director for Hodder and Stoughton. And my boss at the time, Lucy Hale, she asked if I could help develop some of the junior staff in the sales department um, with their with their pitching skills because these were talented people, but they'd never really come into contact directly with customers. So she wanted to make sure that they could hit the ground running and actually sell a book to Asda, sell a book to WH Smiths, you know, right from the word go. So I devised this scheme of sort of role plays where I'd get them to kind of come into a room and sell a book to me and Lucy where we posed as, as, uh, as customers. And they all found it absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and we, we really nearly had a kind of a rebellion on our hands. And I, I had a moment of thinking, oh, Christ, what have I done? You know, this is, this is awful. But it really, really worked. Everybody forced themselves to do it. Everybody learned some stuff. Uh, and they were able to actually then take that onto, you know, into, their, uh, into their own sort of practice, as it were. So then years later, when I was um, self-employed, uh, I decided to do a version of this for everyone. Um, and I started running these workshops where... Essentially, yeah, I, I get a, a group of, you know, maybe half a dozen people. They could be editors, they could be salespeople, they could be rights people, publicists, whatever, um, and help them develop their skill at presenting books. And, you know, my, my sort of slogan, the, the, the key to it is pitching is publishing, because I have this, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a theory. I just think it's a truth that you, you can't do it on your own. You can't just be, you can't just commission a work of genius and expect somehow to inject it into the bestseller list. You, you need, it's, it's entirely a process of gathering support, recruiting allies to the cause of this book. So whether you're an editor, a salesperson, or a you know, marketer or whatever, at some point you're going to need to persuade somebody else that this book is great in a way which enables them to then take that message on and spread it out to the, to the outside world. So that's the, that's the purpose of the workshops. And there, there is still a lot of role playing in it. Everybody has to bring a pitch that they've written and they have to perform it. And, I, and, and they are filmed on their own phone doing it. And then they, they kind of, they, they take it away to the next room and everybody has what I call a Hermione moment. I don't know if you, you recall the scene in Prisoner of Azkaban where she goes, does my hair really look like that? <laughs> anyway, um, but everybody has the cringe of, oh my God, my voice is so posh or whatever. But then once they've got over that, they understand things like, I thought I said, uh, all the time, but it's actually not that bad. Or I didn't realise I waved my hands as much as, as, as that. Or... God, I thought I was really, you know, talking really fast, but, you know, maybe it's, it's not, not too bad. And then they'll come back and the group will, crucially, give them feedback. And they'll say, you, were pan- you thought you were panicking when you stumbled over that word, but actually we barely noticed. Or this bit you said was really funny. And, you know, maybe you can expand on that. Or why don't you try doing that bit at the, f- at the, at the start or, or whatever. And, and, you know, I've got, you know, years and years worth of hints and tips and tactics and perspectives and exercises and things to try. Uh, and I, I deliver, you know, quite a lot of that, that sort of information to them. But the main thing is getting honest, constructive, candid feedback from your peers about 
how you're communicating, how you're coming across. Amazing. That sounds, it sounds like a very valuable <laughs> experience to get. I know that uh, I find it tricky speaking to people and knowing how I come across. So it's, um, I know that a lot of other people are the same. <laughs> it's that fear of public speaking, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, there's, and there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, you're, you're not alone. I think, you know, more people find it, yeah, more people find it challenging than, than find it appealing as a, um, as a thing. And, it, and, you know, generically public speaking is difficult. I think probably something about British society seems to make it, you know, we, we make it harder for ourselves. You know, I think, God knows, maybe it's because American kids do debating in high school or something <laughs> like that. Maybe it's something deeper, but, you know, a, a lot of us feel inhibited about talking in public. And then you, you layer onto that the specific challenges of talking about books, which are it's quite hard because you're you're trying to explain something, you know, that you know all. And this is particularly hard for editors if you if you're intimately um, acquainted with a book that you've been working on. You know, this text which you love. You know, to 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 try to convey that in a nutshell to somebody who's never heard of it before is unbelievably hard. So as a sort of a technical conceptual challenge and a personal emotional challenge. Um, it's tricky, uh, which is why people need training. <laughs> yeah, so the number of times I've uh, tried to recommend a book to people and they don't, oh, well, what's that book about? And I've really struggled to condense it. So I can't imagine having to, to yeah. do it as an editor. It's a whole other challenge. <laughs> okay. but, um, question for you, though. Would, you, would that be challenging in all situations? Would it be easier with a friend? I think it would definitely be easier with a friend because you share similar experiences and often with my friends we have we, we like the same things so that I guess is easier if you're then but then if I'm giving it if I'm just speaking to someone randomly maybe a, a, a publishing event and they say well what are you reading and ask me to tell them about it that's then harder because you don't have the same cultural cues to um, to bounce really off <laughs> you don't know what that person necessarily reads in their spare time so it's hard no, to, harder to balance I think that that's a really really good observation actually because you know and I, I think sometimes it's easier recommending to friends just because you're in a relaxed environment and you're not under pressure to be professional but yeah you're absolutely right knowledge of those uh, sort of cultural touch points and that sort of matrix of what you can compare it to that really helps but yeah, and, and, and as a result, I think quite often I encourage people to ask questions when they're pitching, which feels risky because, you know, if I'm supposed to be telling the, the ASDA buyer, this is the new thing, you know, this is the debut of the year, this is, you know, the best crime novel of the century or whatever, it feels a bit risky to kind of hand over control and say, have you read, you know, Galbraith or, you know, have you, yeah. you know, are you, you know, you know, are you a fan of Sophie Hanna or whatever? Because they might just go, no. But actually, if you if you make yourself do it, then generally speaking, you you can pick up enough clues, even really quite quickly, to be able to use a comparison and explain what they don't know. Your book, in in terms of what they do know, uh, you know, you can you can probably you know make that those connections quicker and more efficiently than you think you can. And you're actually you're running a charity initiative with the Book Pitch Doctor soon aren't you do you want to tell us a bit about um yeah absolutely. so the um the idea is because obviously under lockdown i um i'm doing these 
the workshops, which I would normally do face to face, I'm doing them online, uh, which is something I've, I've already been doing for ages with the Australian Publishers Association, getting up at four in the morning and <laughs> doing Zoom oh. calls with people in various offices in Melbourne and Sydney and what, whatever, which actually is a lot more fun than it sounds. Um, but yeah, so I, I've started doing them uh, online in, in the UK. Um, in fact, just, uh, just two days ago, I did a really um, enjoyable <clears throat> workshop with people from Penguin Random House, uh, all from their bedrooms, which was kind of mad, but actually quite cheery. Um, and going back to what you were, you were saying earlier, I think they, always, they enjoyed learning something in lockdown, as it were. It felt like a, felt like a constructive thing to do. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a... Um, a charity version of the book pitch doctor um wednesday the 6th at 5 p.m and it's um going to be over zoom it's actually going to be different to the normal workshops in the sense that I'd, I'd like to get as many people involved as possible so i think we're probably going to get up to about 30 people which is about five times larger than normal and so rather than everyone um doing a pitch and getting individual feedback. I think I'll, I'll probably just ask for a few volunteers to try something out and then give them a little bit of critique myself, get some feedback from the group. But I'll also convey quite a lot of um, hints and tips and tactics and perspectives and whatever um, from the course. So um, yeah, I think, I think we said it'll be a 90 minute course. So hopefully uh, it'll be something that lots of SYP members can sign up to. And what I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do it for free. What I'm hoping to do is to be able to send the announcement to um, contacts in publishing firms and get people to sponsor places. So we'll, we'll kind of put a nominal uh, fee on it of 50 quid for a space, but I'm going to, going to talk to all the, all the publishers I work with and see if they'll sponsor one or more places. And the, um, and the money is going to go to uh, the, the book trade charity, uh, the Trussell Trust, and also Central London Samaritans. We're going to split it three ways. All very worthy charities to, to donate to. Um, and as you say, SYP members um, will have the opportunity to put themselves forward for a place. Um, um, SYP is offering a number of free places um, on your course. So... So stay tuned to the end of the podcast to find out how you can bag yourself a place. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, Jane. It's been really great chatting with you. Um, um, and I hope that the, uh, the Book Pitch Doctor event goes, goes well. And uh, I'm sure that we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Charlotte. All SYP members, new or old, are eligible to take part in the SYP's prize draw to win one of 30 places on James Backman's The Book Pitch Doctor webinar that's happening on the 5th of May. All you need to do to enter is click on the email that you will have received from the SYP and enter our draw. If you aren't yet a member but still want to take part, Go to the SYP website and sign up to be a fully paid member. You'll then receive an email giving you further instructions on how you can participate. You need to have registered your interest by midnight on Sunday the 3rd of May and winners will be selected on Monday the 4th. Don't forget to check out SYP Oxford on Twitter at SYP underscore Oxford and on our Instagram as well, where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration while you're in lockdown. 
To keep up to date with all things SYP, please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk. Can't wait to see you guys again soon.